loyal people of Earth and people of Facebook. Welcome to today's At Home Show. As always, huge virtual high fives to all the essential workers out there. Happy Superhero Day. Birthdays to you, Aaron Webb, Jay Leno, Jessica Alba, Penelope Cruz, and Margaret, the late novelist Harper Lee. Today also marks the entertainment debuts for 2017's The Circle, which was the late Bill Paxton's final film role, 2006's Aquila and the Bee, United 93 and RV, 2000's Where the Heart Is, 1967's Casino Royale, and Katy Perry's controversial I Kissed the Girl singer, single. Elise O'Brien, Jacob Bernstein, Wonder Woman herself, a.k.a. Gal Gadot, who'll be expecting another girl this year, her third. Crimson Dunst, Jack Soros, who turns four, the late Cloris Leachman, Sam Hugan, a.k.a. Jamie Frazier from Outlander, Diana Argerton, my mistake, Diana Agron, the late Sir Tom Moore, all blow up birthday candles Friday, April 30th. That day is also the debut for Friday the 13th, Part 2, 2004's Mean Girls, and 1999's Entrapment. Steve Dunkel, the late Gianna Bryant, Jamie Dornan, Tim McGraw, Donna Beckett, Joseph Nunez, the late Kim Carter Leonetti all have birthdays May 1st. May 1st also marks the day in 1999. When the world first met Nickelodeon's famous pineapple-dwelling bikini-bottom resident, the one and only SpongeBob SquarePants, The Great Gatsby's debut in 2013, Avengers Ave de Voltron's 2015 arrival in theaters, The Inbetweeners show debut in 2008, and the debuts of Spike Lee's 1998 film He Got Game, The Cow and Chicken TV show in 2007, and 2009's Ghost of Girlfriends Past. Ellen Skarsky, Nikki Regan, Dwayne Johnson, Princess Charlotte, the late pop singer Leslie Gore, on the following have birthdays on the following day, May 2nd. May 2nd is also when 2008's Iron Man, 2003's The Lizzie McGuire movie, 1999's Austin Powers International Man of Mystery all premiered as well. Happy belated April 25th birthdays to Al Pacino, Lizzie Rivera, Jason Lee, and Renee Zellweger. For the first time since the pandemic began, not one, but two films brought notable ticket sales at the stateside box office. It's the clear sign yet that people want to return seem ready to return to theaters after nearly a year of staying home to stream films. Mortal Kombat, the R-rated martial arts-inspired reboot of the popular video game and reboot of the 1996 original film, which I talked about last week for Flashback Fun, won the box office fight with a hearty $23 million. The Warner Brothers movie is also streaming on the HBO Max streamer for a month. A plan the studio is using... For its full 2021 release slate, it added, it already opened up overseas with 21 million and added an additional 6.3 million 
from 37 foreign territories this this year, boosting its international tally to 27.6 million. The film has generated about 50 million globally to date, but it just got first place after a tight race against the English dub of Demon Slaver Mugen Train, a.k.a. Kimutsu no Yabia Mugen Reshahanen. The not-so-distant runner-up made $21.1 million from 1,598 locations. Funimation's and Anaplex's anime action adventure has been an enormous hit in overseas markets like Japan, where currently ranks as the highest-grossing movie ever with $365 million, which means it's famously shoved Spirit away off the record-holding spot in December. In total, Demon Slayer has passed the $400 million worldwide milestone. The movie industry seems to be gaining positive tractions with the one-two punch of Mortal Kombat and Demon Slayer. Good news, even with about only 55% of cinemas in the country resuming operations. The two films had the biggest overall weekend of the COVID-19 time, with an estimated $54.2 million in revenue across all reopened North American theaters. Godzilla vs. Kong fell to third place with $4.2 million. After four weeks in theaters, the monster mashup has roared up $86.5 million. The film, which is also on HBO Max through the end of the month, has made about $406 million worldwide. <laughs> if that wasn't enough, it was announced Monday the film's director, Adam Wingard, was hired to write the next Monsterverse installment. Next on his plate, however, is a face-off sequel slash reimagining and the live-action CGI hybrid movie of the classic Thundercats cartoon. Did you know that Joe Talisman credits his son with playing, helping him make the choice to play Sub-Zero? And he actually played the game series as a kid. This marks Elsa Cadwell's acting debut. She previously did stunt work for countless films, including 2008's Aquaman, which was directed by James Wan, who's one of the producers of this film. Now, Mortal Kombat and Demon Slayer's tight box office race result was bumped to the sidelines Sunday night with the 93rd Academy Awards, which was (laughs) pretty baffling and disappointing. Firstly, there was no crowds at the strangely emptied red carpet. All the original song nominees, including Molly Sandin's amazing Hvasek from Netflix's Eurovision with a children's choir at the real Hvasek, Iceland, Europe's most Oscar-obsessed small town, was bumped from the show to the odd red carpet slash outdoor patio coverage pre-show. And while Regina King opened the Steven Stodberg-produced show in the most Sodberg-like opening ever, strutting confidently down a long red carpet into Union Station, and Judas and the Black Messiah Best Supporting Actor recipient Daniel Kaluuya ended his powerful acceptance speech with a 
a very awkward statement that his parents did not care for. The glorious moments were wedged in between some low points. There was barely any traditional clips from the nominated films and performances, with a few exceptions, though the personal intros were a nice touch. Bong Joon-ho's presentation of the Best Director Award, which included paraphrased personal notes from each of the nominees describing their jobs, involved him standing in the aisle of a darkened, empty theater, which gradually lined up. The award ended up going to Nomadland's Chloe Zhao, who was the only, who's only the the second female Best Director winner and the first woman in color to get it in 93 years. And speaking of female winners, Promising Young Woman's Best Original Screenplay winner, Emerald Fernell, who's also against Zhao for Best Director and Best Picture Categories, announced at the Post Awards party that she is pregnant with her second child. Congratulations to her and on her win. The music, organized by Questlove, whose trailer for this summer's Summer of Soul documentary premiered during the commercials, involves comp songs, but also had some pretty funny moments like with an air horn and the famous 9 to 5 song. The anticipated tra- first trailer for this December's West Side Story remake also premiered during the commercials. But while Netflix won seven awards, the most of any studio, it was a bit strange that Best Documentary Feature went to my octopus teacher and not Crepcamp or Time. The Immemorium segment, which left out stars like Naya Rivera and Jessica Walters, moved so rapidly it felt like a spoof. And while presenters and winners referred to last year's political troubles and social ingestions, it wasn't right to thank Hollywood for being so progressive when it really wasn't. While Soul predictably won Best Animated Feature Film, Vasek was robbed during the original song, which went to Demilly and Her's Fight for You by from Judas and the Black Messiah. Brad Pitt utterly botched Maria Bakalova and... Yung Zhao Young's name twice. Yung Zhao Young became the who became the first Korean actress to win an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for Monari forgave him. Near the end of the night, Lil Ray had a joke bit when he attempted to get nominees to guess if famous songs did win famous movie songs did win Oscar. This led to Glenn Close dancing to the bot. However, that hilarious moment led to one of the more shocking turns of the night, handing out the best picture statue before the lead actor's award. I know, scary. Traditionally given at the end of the night, aside from in 1994, 1944, the announcement of the category, which went unsurprisingly to No Man Land, which predictably took Best Actress for Star Frances McDormand, threw off the whole structure. 
And though many expected Chad McBoseman winning a posthumous award to be a perfect end to the night, the Academy favored the father's Anthony Hopkins even more. <gasps> it gets better, folks. The 83-year-old wasn't even there. The other winners are as follows. Best Adapted Screenplay went to the father's Christopher Hampton and Florian Zeller. Denmark's Another Round, directed by Thomas Vinterberg, took home Best International Feature Film. And Monday, it was reported that Leonardo DiCaprio is eyeing to star and produce an English remake of it. Best Live Action Short went home with Two Distant Strangers. While If Anything Happens, I Love You won Best Animated Short Film. The Confusing Tenet won Best Visual Effects. In addition to Best Animated Feature Film, Soul also sang away with Best Original Score. Sound of Metal rocked home, carrying the Best Sound and Film Editing statues. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom won both Best Makeup and Hairstyling and Best Costume Design. And finally, Best Cinematography went to Mink. Oh, and if you wanted to see Nomadland and didn't get a chance in when it was in theaters or on Hulu, the newest Best Picture recipient is out on DVD this week. Now, the Razzies, a.k.a. the Worst Movie Awards, were also this weekend. Well, there was an abundance of movies up for the Golden Raspberry, like Fantasy Island, Hillbilly Elegy, Hubie Halloween. There could only be a few winners, funny it bluntly. It was Rudy... Giuliani's Borat subsequent movie film cameo, Doolittle, the Netflix film, 365 Days, and Sia's directorial debut project, music that ended up being the top losers, I mean winners. This week, new films involving winner Soul, nom- and nominees Glenn Close and Amanda Seyfried are out. <laughs> Coming back to Earth and Disney Plus viewing screens, from the Great Before Friday is the sole prequel short film, 22 Versus the Earth, starring the voice of Tina Fey as disillusioned soul 22. The film, set well before soul even takes place, centers on how, how she, my mistake, the film set well before soul centers on how she and five other novice souls she recruits stage a mini-rebellion, but soon things spiral out of her grasp. In limited release, April 30th, followed by a video on demand on, released on May 21st, is the addiction drama Four Good Days, starring Glenn Close, Stephen Root, and Mila Kunis. After her release from the hospital, longtime heroin addict Maul decides to become sober with an opiate-antagonist eight. However, to be, to be eligible for the injection, which would totally prevent her from getting high, she must clean, be clean for at least four more days. During this challenging time, she will rely on her estranged mother for guidance and support. Arriving Friday on Netflix is the horror thriller Things Seen and Heard, starring Amanda Seyfried and James Norton. Based on Elizabeth Brundage's book, it centers on a Manhattan artist who moves her young family to the Hudson Valley 
Soon after this move, she begins to suspect her marriage has an evil darkness, a darkness that rivals her new films fast. Speaking of Netflix films, also arriving to the service this Friday is the computer-animated sci-fi comedy The Mitchells vs. The Machines, starring the voices of Maya Rudolph, Eric Andre, Abby Jacobson, Danny McBride, Fred Armisen, Conan O'Brien, and Olivia Colman. The titular quirky family's road trip is turned upside down when they find themselves in the midst of a robot uprising and they suddenly become humanity's unlikeliest last hope. According to the Internet Movie Database, this is Sony Animation's very first Netflix exclusive film. Calling all Sailor Moon fans, Coming Soon.net announced yesterday Netflix will be getting your favorite Sailor Scouts very soon. The website stated, both parts of Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon Eternal the Movie will premiere on June 3rd, 2021. The film will be available globally outside of Japan and is the latest installment of the beloved Magical Girl series, which became a hit television show in the 90s after finding success in Kodansha's Magna magazine, Naka Yoshi. Both part one and part two of Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon Eternal the Movie will be based on the dream arc scene in the original Magna. The story revolves around the growth of the Sailor Guardians as they mature as both teenage girls and Sailor Guardians. For Netflix, will also feature the famed first love of Chibiusa and Helios. In the worlds of Troll Hunters, Blinkus Galadrigal, Great Gronko Morka, Rise of the Titans has a release date. Deadline.com reported yesterday, two-time Shape of, the Shape of Water Oscar winner Gumero del Toro handed out a special treat Tuesday on Twitter, revealing the release date and first teaser for his Netflix DreamWorks animation movie Troll Hunters, Rise of the Titans. Executive produced by del Toro, the pick will hit the service July 21st. The movie is set in the world created by Del Toro in his epic Tales of Arcadia trilogy. Arcadia may look like an ordinary town, but it lies at the center of magical and mystical lines that make it a nexus for many battles among otherworldly creatures, including trolls, aliens, and wizards. Now the heroes from the Troll Hunter series team up in the most epic adventure yet, where they must fight the arcane order for control over magic that binds them all. Attention Fantasy Island fans, TV series finale.com declared earlier today the lead role for Fox's Fantasy Island reboot and when viewers can visit the reboot of the long-running ABC drama. The website said the infamous host of the mysterious island will be played by a female this time around. Rosalind Sanchez has been cast as Elena Roark, a descendant of the host of the in the original series. Ricardo Montalban played the mysterious Mr. Roark in the ABC series, which aired for seven series seasons. The show is set to premiere on August 10th this year. Variety.com announced Monday 
Vivo, an animated movie that boasts new music from Hamilton creator Lin-Manuel Miranda, is coming to Netflix. The family-friendly film was originally scheduled to release in theaters on June 4th, but Sony Pictures, the studio that originally backed Vivo, has instead offloaded the project to Netflix. It's unclear when it will debut on the streaming service. Coming to Amazon Prime this Friday is Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, starring Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Jabell, Avika Goldsmith, Jody Turner-Smith, Josh Applebaum, Stefano Sol- Solomio, and Guy Pierce. This is the explosive origin story of action hero John Clark, one of the most popular character in author Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan series. When a squad of Russian soldiers kills his family in revenge for his role in a top covert operation, Senior Chief John Kelly pursues the killers at all costs, joining forces with a fellow SEAL and a sneaky CGI agent. His mission unwillingly exposes a covert plot that threatens to engulf the Russia and the United States in an all-out war. What will he do? Great news, Game of Thrones fans. Not only has the Game of Thrones spinoff, The House of Dragons, finally begun production this week, but it was revealed that Natalie Dormer, who played... Marguerite Tyrell on the show secretly welcomed a baby girl back in January. Speaking of babies, after a little scare, after she was born April 22nd, Nick Carter's little baby girl is safely home. The little one, who had some minor complications, joins five-year-old big brother Odin and 18-month-old sister Saoirse. On the subject of... My mistake. TV viewers, get ready to go back in time to re-meet Flintstones. Meet the Flintstones. They're the modern Stone Age family from the town of Bedrock. They're a page right out of history. Let's ride with the family down the street through the courtesy of Fred's Two Feet. When you're with the Flintstones, have a yabba-dabba-doo time. A dabba do time. We'll have a gay old time. Sorry, I couldn't resist. That was bad. That's right. A sequel series to the iconic cartoon, the first animated series to hold a primetime spot, is coming to TV. Variety.com reported yesterday the Flintstones sequel series from Warner Brothers Animation is officially in development at Fox with Elizabeth Banks attached to star and executive produce. The animated series, titled Bedrock, is set 20 years after the events of the original series. Banks will voice an adult Pebbles Flintstone in addition to executive producing. In the show, Fred Flintstone is on the brink of retirement, and 20-something Pebbles is embarking on her own career. As the Stone Age gives way to a shiny and enlightened new Bronze Age, the residents of Red Rock will find this evolution harder than a swing from Bam Bam's club. Deadline.com revealed April 26th that Jemaya Mays, Maya Rudolph, and Yvette Nicole Brown have joined 
Amy Adams, Idina Menzel, and James Marston for Disenchantment, Disney Plus's long-awaited sequel to 2007's Enchanted. And finally, Escape Room sequel is coming earlier than expected. Variety.com announced yesterday the sequel to the 2019 psychological thriller will now debut on July 16, 2021, nearly six months earlier than its planned release date of June 27, 2022. With the box office beginning to revive after the COVID-19 pandemic, it's possible Escape Room 2 moved up in the schedule to compete within the suburb blockbuster time frame. The first escape room was a hit at the box office, earning $155 million. That's all for this week, folks. So, as always, wear your mask, stay safe, wash your hands, and watch lots of movies and DVDs. See you soon, my minions. Bye.